How's it, South Africa? Welcome to Farmers Inside Track. This is episode 248. I'm your host, Donumdu. We welcome back Felix Moichie, Associate Professor in Animal Breeding and Production Systems at the Faculty of Agronomy and Agricultural Science at the University of Chang in Cameroon for part two on stingless bees in Africa. This time around, we talk more about how these bees build their hives, the type of honey they produce, and the research being done across the continent. Professor, first question would just be around the structuring of the hives. Is there a very clear distinction between these stingless bees and other bee species? And I'm so interested to know how they actually build their hives on the ground, if not in these, you know, cavities within trees. Is it like out in open sight, you know, if it's not in a cover? That would be something that I'm very interested to know more about. And then, of course, just generally speaking, you've highlighted more around their behavior, which is very interesting. But I think all of it just sounds so exciting. For me, it's a very new avenue to think about and explore. So it's really, 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 really interesting. And then more around, you know, the honey that they produce, you know, is it very different from what we are more commonly used to as consumers from the honeybee? Does it taste different? Is the texture different? Is the smell and look of it very different to other honey and other honey producers? If that's what I can call it. Yeah, for that, the honey, I will start by honey itself. The honey is very different. Most of the time it's dark brown, it's less sticky. The sugar content is very low. This why is and the type of sugar it contains is not a lot of glucose and a lot of fructose because normally it's coming from trees. But there are some other products inside, and those products are coming from the excretion of the trees and where also they can extract some of these minute products from some flowers. And we know those plants. I mean, the mix that they make that we call honey finally has a lot of pharmaceutical potential. There have been some studies on antibiotics, antibacterial activities of some of those uh, extracts. And one study we are already working on, one of my PhD students, we are going to assess some antibacterial, antiviral activities of the extract of three different species of stingless bees found in Cameroon. And that will be very helpful because some farmers, some of these knowledge grants or avenues were also indicated to us by some farmers, like pygmies people living in the forest. So they are able to identify the species according, as you said, to the hive structure and entrance, because each species has its own way of building the entrance. So it means we have to understand exactly, because the ventilation is very important in insect, community insects. Because the way they build a nest will help, if we understand it very well, to engineer artificial hives. And each of species have its own way of building the entrance. Because we need to understand, do they build the entrance towards the sunset or sunrise? Do they build entrance towards the main wind, mainstream during rains? Because, I mean, there are a few factors we need to understand in the natural environment, how they do it, and also try to understand which type of plants they have as preference, because probably the preference of the plants may indicate also the type and finally the content of the honey they produce. So for us, beside the pollination service, 
the type of products that can be processed from the honey that they produce is something that can gain a lot of interest our community very good not only for food but also for medis but uh, it can help in health systems no definitely professor you are getting me all excited about these stingless bees i knew this would be an interesting conversation because it's something that we haven't covered yet but i think with more time and maybe even an additional episode we can explore more about the research that you're doing because it almost feels like uncharted territory how much other research if you can just indulge me for a moment has been done on these stingless bees elsewhere in the world maybe you can just talk about some of the other universities that you've worked with when i did some of my research i saw australia also doing a lot around stingless bees if you could just give some context in terms of the global landscape a little bit mm. as we wrap up the conversation my base of my knowledge i think the very best center to have an idea about stainless base is ICPE International Center for Insect Physiology and Ecology based in Nairobi Kenya we got some contact there i visited that center we sent some of our samples to ICPE and currently one of my PhD students just landed to Kenya for a month of fellowship to work do in a in different kind of insects because we are also working on uh, edible insects particularly lepidopterans there are a lot of le- lepidopterans in our forest some of them eaten by communities so according to what i know in africa there have been a lot of work in ghana in makerere university uganda in tanzania in kenya for sure and drc as well and a bit in nigeria based on what i've read other parts in the world in southern africa Colombia, Peru and Brazil is what I knew is true the literature I explored things that have been happening they are not the same species but they are still stingless and what I've discovered is that there is an endemicity of some species in Cameroon which means there are some species that are only found in Cameroon or elsewhere in the world and I'm pretty more excited about that to do the work on that if it can be helpful for the scientific community. Professor, I think I definitely want to welcome you back to this podcast at a later stage. I'm like a fan girl at the moment. <laughs> so forgive oh, my excitement. This is my final question and then you can just talk more about other research and other areas and more towards the future of what you guys are doing. But how does beekeepers or bee farmers in that way how can they benefit from your research and more around the species and is it possible for them to farm with bees or be beekeepers with the specific species on a large scale is that something that happens mm. specifically where you work and do your research yeah for sure we have been working as i told you lecturing in the faculty of agriculture so we work a lot with farmers and for farmers through my own strategy of working i collaborate directly with a lot of farmers rural people we have a network of farmers of uh, beekeepers where we through a platform we usually share new questions also uh, new discoveries we can say so and three farmers and three beekeepers are already keeping stingless bees so our university the plan because i uh, collaborated to the creation of a botanical garden within the campus 
The plan is to have an apiary that can be an experimental apiary within the campus that would help to train our students and to train also farmers that could be interested in these uh, new species. Because besides these stingless bees group, I'm also really interested in some other, let's say, wild species that have been used in our food systems. For instance, there are cephalophus, there is uh, ruminant, very close to goat. And we have eight species in Cameroon. They are eaten more or less than uh, mostly like game. And we know if we then try to understand the population dynamics, very soon we may have problem with the population dynamics. So we are trying to work towards these species in the, the biodiversity, as I said, but the biodiversity very helpful and instrumental to uh, food systems. So these are some aspects of uh, our ambition, and we are trying to push our students and some other colleagues to work in these different areas. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for your insights. Felix Moichier, Associate Professor in Animal Breeding and Production Systems at the Faculty of Agronomy and Agricultural Sciences at the University of Chang in Cameroon. We'll definitely add this topic to our weekly hashtag Gather to Grow sessions on Twitter Spaces. I really can't wait. From me, Dornumdu, our technical producer, Megan van der Fendt, and the rest of the hashtag Team Food from Zanzi. Until next time, thanks for listening. Bye for now. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans, though, right? We're inspiring, and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food Form Zanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story.